0: Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to Episode 44. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. One of the most important things that's happened to the Defense Department, I would say, in the last number of years, is the release of the results of its first ever audit. And a lot of people have been following this issue for a long time. A lot of people have been anticipating these results. I think not a lot of people were surprised that the Pentagon did not receive a clean opinion in the audit.
1: Right. I think a limited number of people would agree it's one of the most important things to happen in the defense (laughs) world. But
0: um, People who like Arcana think so. That's
1: right. In order to know whether you're getting what you— want for the money you're spending you have to know how much you're spending for what and where the department of defense hadn't been able to do that at any time in its history this is a real big step towards actually fixing that
0: one of the people who has been following this issue for probably the longest and and knows the most about it is with us today asif khan of the government accountability office uh thank you very much for coming in today it's great to see you
2: good afternoon and thank you for having me here
0: the big deal here it seems to me is that the Pentagon finished it. You were on the Hill not long ago to talk to the Congressional Research Service about your takeaways from the audit. What what was the message that you delivered to them?
2: Right. The, um, it was uh, at the CRS, but also for the new Hill staff who had joined uh, Capitol Hill in the last few weeks, and they really want to understand what the results of this audit was, because there's still a perception that the financial statement audits is something which is much more appropriate for the commercial world, and they wanted to better understand how it applies to the federal sector. So what I tried to do, along with several other panelists, was to educate them on the intent of the the Chief Financial Managers Act of 1990, that the financial statement audit is just the first step. Eventually, it's going to lead to better information, uh, better processes and controls, and management has to act on those to be able to come up with performance measures to track their programs better.
0: Did anything about the audit or the results of the audit surprise you? Did anything about it disappoint you? And did anything about it Gratify you? Was there anything that you said, boy, I'm really glad that we know this now, or I'm glad this happened this way, or vice versa?
2: All of that, uh, Francis, I mean, I was, uh, A, very happy that DOD was able to complete the audit within the time frames. Uh, it was a foregone conclusion that it wouldn't be an opinion. But the important thing was that DOD was able to meet at least one of its objectives. That was to undergo learning, lessons learned. And that was pretty clear from the number of finding and recommendations that were uncovered as a result of this audit and the prior audits. So that's a learning exercise. I think that's very healthy for an organization. Organization to undergo. The second one was that the audit did have some positives. Uh, One of the areas that I had worked on uh, in 2011 and 12 was military payroll. Uh, There were significant issues at that point in time, Uh, they weren't able to accurately account for payrolls. Uh, at that point in time. So I was glad to see that payroll, military pay was clean in this audit. The other one was existence and completeness of military equipment. Uh, The auditor did not find any significant issues in existence and completeness, so that was also a positive. And then finally, the auditor did not uncover any instances of fraud. Having said that, the intent of the audit is not to uncover fraud, but if they uncover fraud during the course of the audit, then they have to done it over to the investigators. Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of the focus has been on those the parts of the department that uh, received disclaimers, but several units did get unqualified opinions on the financial statements. Can you talk about that uh, bright side?
2: Right. That is uh, certainly a bright side. There were um, um, forgetting the specific numbers, but, I mean, there was a Defense Finance and Accounting Services. The oh, United, thank God, uh, them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. uh, the you US, would think. Right, right, right. Uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, uh, Defense Contracting and Audit Agencies, to mention a few. Right. Uh, but the good thing uh, from our perspective is that it demonstrates that, Components within the DoD environment are able to achieve an unqualified opinion. Uh, I think all of them, if not many of these, have been getting a clean opinion for the past several several years. So it was nice to see that they were able to maintain that opinion, which sometimes is not the case. Uh, If there are system changes or some other changes within the organizations or they have been changed organizationally, it can really impact the opinion. So I'm glad to say it didn't happen.
0: One of my favorite takeaways from the audit was the fact that they found that a lot of the facilities that the department owned that they thought were surplus facilities – turned out to not really be surplus facilities and that the demand for a base realignment and closure round might not be as necessary as the department has believed over the last several years. Any thoughts about that?
2: Right. I mean, this links up with – Our view and the controller's view as well that the audit does really help operational readiness within the Department of Defense. So that is a very good example because they had excess capacity, or they knew where the capacity was that they can reuse that, or it's going to change their decision-making process. Similarly, there were other instances of where they were able to find engines and spare parts which were tagged as obsolete or something which was still work in progress, whereas it could. be put back into service. So those are some of the some of the obvious tangible items. The other more arcane um, information, like you that's mentioned, that's what we're all about. <laughs> we love arcane. That's what we're all about. Bring it on. Our hot <laughs> well, I mean, that is also very important. And to give you an example, like, I mean, if they are able to find, uh, you know, budgetary information, like, uh, uh, you know, excess unobligated balances, if you will, that's funds which have been earmarked for a particular expenditures, but they're not needed anymore. Then that amount can really be used for a different purpose within a given mean. So that way, DoD or the components can free up money for other priorities which are more mission critical.
1: These are the arcane gems you can find on FedHeads. That's why we're here. So so you you mentioned that uh, the the DoD controller um, really uh, embraces the value of the audit. Um, and you gave some examples of why you you agree with that. Does that represent a sea change in uh, the effort to get DOD audited?
2: It does. I mean, I've been tracking this, like Francis had said, for m- more than a decade. And from uh, an agreement to having a financial statement audit to which – uh, what approach they should forward, whether it should be a particular statement or all of the statements to uh, the importance of the statements or undergoing a financial statement, which really wasn't clear to DOD going back about 10 years ago. So looking at that and having an uh, undergoing an audit uh, this particular year, yes, I think it's a huge accomplishment.
0: That's maybe the most important reason that this happened. And I, I'll, I have one little anecdotal story to that end. Um, talking to a former comptroller before you came to the GAO is when this person was on the job. And I talked about this idea with this person. And this person said, yeah, I don't think this is such a big deal. And the the reason given was, well, so for example, I just don't happen to have the receipt for West Point. And I thought, (laughs) it's a funny laugh line, but I'm not sure – i'm not sure that's the point i'm not sure that's the the goal the gist of it
2: right right no it's it's not i mean it's um, the the goal of a financial statement audit is to have a disciplined approach to preparing financial statements and then in the federal arena the goal of the financial statement which is different than the commercial area is to really be it's more accountability to be able to account for your assets and liabilities your uh, budgetary information and the financial statements Provides that discipline, a framework, and the audit is a very uh, important monitoring mechanism which holds management accountable, and it also provides the oversight information to the overseas necessary. So that's so that's the purpose of the financial statement audits.
0: So, what's your sense? We so we have one down and infinity number of audits to go because this is an annual process. What's your sense from what you've learned? From the outside or maybe what you know from speaking to people on the inside about what they did during this audit to set up sustainable audits moving forward and to make sure that they didn't have to start from scratch as essentially they've been working on for the last however many years they've been getting set up for this
2: it's um it's really i mean i'll focus on the learning aspect again what they have learned from this experience and there there are two elements to this i mean and i'll focus on for those who read the Gs financial uh, excuse me the GAO high risk list capacity is one of the rem- removal criteria and capacity has got two elements to that one is financial systems or systems ca- systems capability and the other one is human capital so both those elements the, of capacity are very important to be able to sustain the process going forward and learning let me bring learning into this I think the audit process has really um, um, enabled the DoD financial management personnel to understand their own processes much better than they did before, purely from undergoing an audit from having to explain to the auditors what their business process is, what their day-to-day responsibility is, how it impacts the overall mission, which is very important. This is going to position them to be able to make uh, better fixes as a result to, uh, to, to address the finding and recommendations. And that really has to be preserved. I mean, I think DOD needs to make sure that knowledge is preserved either through training or through other manuals, the lessons learned, sharing of successes going forward, because this is going to help them develop better processes, and also it's going to break down the silos. I think one of the elements of a inefficient organization is when you become very siloed, you have fine, okay, horizontal communication, but vertical communication is non existence So this is going to enable or promote more uh, you know, lateral communication, which is going to be much better because things are going to be done consistently across the enterprise.
1: We talked about assets and processes. We haven't talked a lot about systems, and that's been a perennial challenge, getting the myriad defense financial systems to talk to each other. Uh, can you talk about what we've learned based on the audit, and where, where what progress we've made, and what more needs to be done?
2: Well, I mean, uh, DoD had made a decision that they will um, they will undergo audit under their existing system, so there wasn't any major development or. Um, other initiatives going on as far as their financial management systems so or it's just purely maintenance. So as a result, the highest I'm not surprised that the highest percentage of findings are in systems on cybersecurity. So these are and it's in the first year of the audit. I mean they are much more on general and application controls, i.e. that well I maybe mean, they don't have enough security around access control or how the systems are used. So they haven't even been able to get down to if the application functions the way it's supposed to be able to do that. So it's uh, uh, It's going to be interesting how DoD approaches uh, addressing their financial management systems because it's a double-edged sword. They have to really understand and define their business process much better than they have done. So the audit is going to provide them the insights as to how they can have much more efficient business processes compared to what they have now. And secondly, it's also going to provide them where they need to have Uh, better security, better internal controls as a result of a closer understanding of their end-to-end business process.
0: So Robert gets at where I wanted to go next, which is, so Comptroller Norquist has talked about financial management reform or upgrading systems, uh, modernizing systems. Um, His deputy, the career deputy, Mark Easton, I've talked to him about that topic. I talked to Mr. McCord about that when he was comptroller, Mr. Hale before him, and on and on and on back all the way through. Now, though, this is the first time that they'll know what works well and what doesn't work well for sure Mm -hmm. to be able to prioritize where they need to go fix because, I mean, there's so much – there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there prioritizing it seems to me to be maybe the biggest challenge. Am I reading it right, do you You're,
2: think? Absolutely. I mean, prioritization uh, goes hand-in-hand hand with developing good corrective action plans. Uh, one of the major elements of the corrective action plan is that they prioritize uh, not just individual corrective action plans, but collectively as to what the prioritization is going to be. So that is a very important element.
1: The You mentioned the high-risk list, the biennial high-risk list. Probably due to come out in the next several weeks. Um,
0: Probably. You're very excited about
1: that. Well, it is. Well, it's a very important um, uh, uh, milestone in the year of one of the great government institutions, the Government Accountability Office. Um, And it's probably. Uh, no big secret. that defense financial management will
0: remain on the government-wide high risk list. You're not. He's not well, asking I'm, you to comment on that. By the way, okay. He, he's <laughs> making an observation that you're welcome to do with whatever you like.
2: <laughs> well, I, I won't keep you in suspense, uh, Robert. <laughs> I uh, think uh, yours is a pretty good, pretty good uh, observation. I think that is. Uh, unfortunately going to be the case but um, and we don't view this negatively but it's to provide a scorecard back to the DoD
1: um, talk about the role of the high risk list and how you think it's a tool to advance improvement in government management
2: it's it's a very important tool because i mean the high risk list has five removal Criteria. I mean, it's all laid out very sequentially. Uh, Tone at the top and leadership is very important because we believe they would not be able to make any changes uh, to what the problems are without uh, the appropriate leadership. Their weight behind that. Uh, The second one is capacity. We had talked behind it that there has to be uh, the agency has to take the risks seriously and they have to devote adequate capacity behind it, systems and resources. Then they have to have credible action plans. And they have to have action plans in sufficient detail that one can look at it and saying yes, it's going to meet the intended objective. And then there's monitoring that there is independent monitoring to make sure that the fixes the department says they have made that has been in- independently verified. And then finally, there is the one which is showing results that, I mean, you have to take steps. You can invest a lot of time and effort, but you have to be able to show results that you have addressed the risk sufficiently that, Put you on the high risk list initially.
1: So you've we've breaking news about what's going to be on the high risk list, but more importantly, you've just been given the secret
0: keys on how to get off that very important yeah, list. That's exactly right. Um, it's wonderful to have you here. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in and giving us insight into this. We have just a minute or so left, and I want to touch on something that I was going to bring up at the beginning, and quite frankly, it just slipped my mind. Uh, Within the last couple of weeks, we've learned that the department will set up and and pilot a a database of transactions. And I wonder what you think the cultural implications are of that, whether the audit will change the idea – My sense is that there are a whole lot of people in the department that were happy that nobody could see all their transactions and ask them questions, especially from the OSD to the branch level. And I wonder if you think that will help change the culture and and open people's minds to the benefits of everybody being able to see what everybody else is doing.
2: The audit process itself really has promoted – much more transparency across the department. It really has opened up, lifted the lid of how uh, the different uh, components within DoD operates, what their vulnerabilities are, and also other information. So I think um, it's going to, the audit itself has promoted a lot of cross-functionality across the department, and uh, people are much more accepting of sharing of information, learning lessons from the other organizations. Having said that, there's an element of competitiveness within DoD, which is is not necessarily a bad thing because if they can learn lessons and do faster and better than somebody else, that's a good thing. That's kind of like how you reach uh, excellence within any organization itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Asif Khan of the Government Accountability Office, great to see you. Thanks very much. Thank you very
2: much. Great.
0: Thank you, Mr. Shay. You're uh, welcome. It's great to be with you. I hope
1: this is not an evergreen show and that we can show progress in, you know, year over year. One
0: hopes. Thanks very much.